0: Before diving into today's episode, did you know that this podcast has a supporters club? By becoming a member, you not only gain access to exclusive content, but also play a crucial role in supporting your favorite podcast. See the link in the episode description to find out more. Now, let's get back to the episode. Ah, yes, yes, yes. It is November 7th. And let me tell you it is. we are slowly but surely climbing up the ways to Turkey Day. If you still celebrate it. But you know what? It's also a very important day because this is the last day of the J Three Hundred and Sixty Monster Fest, and we're gonna finish it strong, y'all. It's been a great, great event, and I've been totally happy about everything that's transpired. But you know what? Like I said, we're gonna go ahead. We're gonna fire this up. All right, so let's just get this thing started. Welcome to the J Man Show here on J Three Hundred and Sixty Radio. Hey, how's it going, J360 Legion? Welcome back to the J-Man Show for episode 315, and indeed, it still is Monsterfest, at least for a few more hours, but let me tell you, it feels so good to be back on the mic for you all. I I know I was gone for a little bit, but don't worry, I was still celebrating. It's just one way or another, I have to keep fighting with community guidelines and other controversies trying to run this thing, but like I said, nothing stops our party, and... From what we got done this year, Monster Fest was incredible, man. I mean, not to mention, like, all the celebrations up to where the big G made his appearance and all. Like, yes. And indeed, like, the doing the stories for you all have been great, too. And not to mention, like, I have plenty of plans ready for 2024's Monster Fest. So, yeah, this is this is like, ugh! You know what I mean? Everything feels so right. But also, though, uh, are you guys enjoying the uh, rolling back again? We're back on standard time. Yeah, so it it feels like, well, it feels like 9 o'clock right now, but a few minutes earlier it felt like 11 for some reason. But then it turns out it was only like 5 o'clock. Yeah, uh, I I don't hate it, you know what I mean? But I just also know, like, hmm, I thought we were getting rid of this at some point, but it is what it is. But, you know, like, we got to ride this whole thing out until Anniversary Road gets here, which is pretty much celebrating J360 Productions being in business for another year. And got a lot to look forward to that. So it's a little bit of a production week in addition to, like, staying focused on some business things. Now, would you like me to tell you about the controversy that happened, or would you not like me to tell you about it? I'm not going to tell you about it. You know why? Because I'm going to tell you this. Either way, we are distancing ourselves from that person. You know what I mean? So that the community around me is actually growing and stuff. I don't want to dive into it too much cuz it'll hurt you. I want you guys to get scared the hell out of. I don't want nothing to hurt you. See what I'm saying? But it was something dealing within like um the jam's verse. And let me tell you this, like putting that show together is great, but sometimes when dealing with certain people and then like seeing how certain people are and People are always changing and they're never who you expect them to be in some cases. And by seeing this certain thing go down, like I'm not directly involved in that stuff, but just a lot of the feedback from what happened in that whole story, it's it's just terrible, you know, and it's so terrible that I'm not going to tell you about it here on this episode. I stand with the person that was involved, though. Poor girl. Just, it's, it's a damn shame. Like, You ever wonder, looking back on certain J-Man episodes, why I am the way I am and stuff? It's I don't like the way we as people treat people. You know, with all the possibilities of being kind and considerate and all, in the end it seems like we all just want to screw each other over and use each other, abuse each other, and then at the end of the day say, hey, that wasn't so bad, was it? depending on the circumstances. And like I say, not everybody's as tough as J-Man is. And then there are people out there who are a little bit more crazier than J-Man that will go above trying to hurt people. I'm not actively trying to hurt people here. I'm telling you things that you're not used to so that you have awareness. But even then, I'm the bad guy when it comes to that kind of stuff. I've noticed that a lot too. Because my follower count dwindled a little bit when i did one J-Man episode telling people how they were acting towards like when dc comics was pushing and pandering to like uh, certain people like LBGtQ and all that stuff the lbgdq if they really want equality they have it they have enough freedom like i have freedom to do whatever they want to do within reason but if things have gotten so bad that people really taking the time to go on the deep end about anything Like, there are people out there now saying that they don't have free will. I'm sure you've probably met those kind of people. That's scary. Because they had free will to say any of that negative nonsense that they said earlier. And that is a damn shame. And, like, for me, I mean, I talk about a lot of stuff that goes on in the real world, But even here with Monster Fest, I'm telling you about monster movies, horror stuff, like things to get us away from that, uh, you know, like at least for seven weeks. And, you know, you're just looking at this crazy stuff that goes down. It's like, what in the living hell is this? You know? So I got to step back into the real world, say my two cents. And the thing about it is whenever I say something that goes against the narrative or whatever somebody is trying to put out here, oh, yeah. Uh, You know, my follower count. Oh, look, it's going down. People are running away. People are running away. What does that say about them? You know? Or like whenever I do something about holding Spreaker accountable for the way they've been. Oh, I'm the bad guy for that. You know? It's like, look. It doesn't take much to lose favor with this otherwise fickle population. It doesn't take much, you know, for things to go a whole different way. It doesn't take much for you to be at the top of somebody's, you know, at the top of somebody's foot, right down to the heel, it it never takes much. I mean, a good example is things that happen with Jonathan Majors. Do you, have you noticed how many people are giving up on Jonathan Majors, even though he's playing as Kang and the variations of Kang and stuff like that? But they're giving up on him because of a controversy that happened, and even the woman said she lied, and people are still giving up on the man because they don't want to look wrong. You knew you were wrong when you went above your bounds and tried to act like you're actually a prosecutor of sorts. And you're not. There are people that, whose lives get ruined because of stuff like this. And it's a damn shame. But yeah, if you ever wonder why the hell I'm always like, I don't believe any of this stuff. This isn't right right here. Forget it. I'm not going to tolerate this stuff here. It's because of the nonsense out there. That's why. And I'm not a toxic person like that. Never have been. But at the end of the day, that'll be the last time I explain myself for those of you out here. Because we're all getting older, you know. And the thing about it is, as we're all getting older, it's getting to that point. I don't have to explain my damn self. I made it as far as I need to make it. You cannot fake 300 or so episodes. And you can't fake everything that I've done here in J360 Productions. And all the many times that I have worked with many content creators over the years. Even if I had a fallout with them. You know, like I said, I gave my best. And not to mention, those people probably secretly respect me for it. So, one way or another, I'm just, like, sick of the way human nature is. And I'm sick of the way, like, people always don't want to take responsibility for things. And it's a damn shame. But that's not as far as I'm going to go with that, because we got some stories to read tonight. But I'm going to tell you this, though. Some of these haunting things, if it scares the living hell out of you... Well, <laughs> you groan. Alright, the first one we're going to hear tonight is called Bunny Man. There used to be a hospital for crazy people out by the woods, but more people started building houses in the area. They didn't like the idea of living near insane folks, so they all got together and forced the people who ran the hospital to shut it down. They just couldn't let the patients free, so they sent them to other hospitals instead. And during one of the trips, the bus transporting the patients crashed. The driver died as well as some of the patients, but a few got away. The people were able to find most of them within a few days, but there was just one patient they never could find. He was a crazy man who had killed many people in the past. The people searched, and the police searched, but there was no trace of him until the bunnies started showing. People who lived in the area kept finding dead bunnies hanging from trees. They looked half-eaten. Many assumed the patient was hiding out in the woods and eating the bunnies to stay alive. Then there was a bridge tunnel nearby. People who drove down it sometimes spotted a crazy-looking man hiding in it, and they said he carried a hatchet. They would call the police to come look, but by the time they showed up, he was gone. This went on for years, and then one night, two local teenagers parked in a car near the bridge. They heard all the stories, but they didn't believe them. They thought it would be fun to scare themselves, though. They didn't see anything for a few minutes, and then suddenly the back windshield shattered. The couple turned around. There was a man standing behind the car, but it was too dark to see him clearly. You're trespassing, the man said. Get away! And they did as they were told. They drove off in a big hurry. When they got home, they found a small hatchet in the back seat. Again, the police went out in search of the man, but they couldn't find anything. All they found was a message in the tunnel bridge. It was written in blood. You'll never catch me. And they never did. Yeah, man. (laughs) Uh, You know, if you ever live around, like, uh, Pennsylvania and all, there is a bridge called the Bunny Man Bridge. And that's where this story comes from. And let me just tell you, it is one creepy bridge. Like, from the pictures alone, you can see, like, it's one of them old, long, winding tunnels, too. But you are out there in that area where, guess what, there's little to no help and all that stuff. Like, you're still around the city, so to speak, but, yeah, and, like, traveling in the tunnel, it's dark, too. Like, you know, you can go in there by car, and you can also go in there by walking. But, yeah, man, (laughs) the Bunny Man Tunnel, there's a lot to deal with that, you know? Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm, it's a damn shame, (laughs) Woof. But hey, it's the start of the show, so I ain't uh, shuddering yet. And you better not be, because we got another one. This one's called I Found You. Richie lived in the city, but that summer he went camping in the country. He loved it. There was fishing and hiking and swimming. Some nights before going to sleep, all the campers would tell scary stories. There were a lot of stories about ghosts and werewolves and vampires, but the scariest story was about a killer who escaped from the nearby prison years ago. They said he hid out in the woods around the camp. No one ever caught him. But most were sure he still lived out there, and sometimes on dark summer nights he would find lost campers and chop them to pieces with an axe. Richie pretended the story didn't scare him, but it was hard to sleep after hearing it. One night, all the campers played hide-and-seek, and Richie found a spot under one of the beds and hid there. A few minutes went by, and then a few minutes more, and by the, half an, by the time half an hour had passed, Richie started to get scared. The game should have been over by then. He crawled out from under the bed and started looking around for the camp. No one was in sight. Richie called out the names of the other campers, but no one responded. He searched for a long time. He tried to tell himself that all the other boys were just playing a joke on him. He was the new camper that year, after all, and they were just trying to scare him. He wanted to believe that, but he wasn't so sure. After almost an hour of searching, Richard, I mean, Richie, hid it back to his room, and he did not know where else to go. He hoped if he waited long enough, the other campers would finally show up. When Richie got to his room, it was dark. He tried to turn on the light, but it wouldn't work. Richie shone his flashlight through the room, and when he pointed it at the back wall, he screamed in terror. One of the other campers was lying against the wall, and there was a dark blood stain on his shirt. And Richie turned around to run, but there was a tall figure standing in the doorway, blocking his way. The man was holding a very big axe. I found you, he said. Ah, not bad. I like to think that they actually managed to get where they need to be. And, you know, old Richie, he sells well by the pound. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, (laughs) you know, he didn't survive by all means. No, 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 no. Little little boy died, you know. It's just like, damn, what a way to go. Oh, man, that is, oh, wow. (laughs) Ooh, shudder, shudder to thought, you know. Because when you go camping or when you go to, like, certain places and stuff, like, yeah, it's beautiful on the brochure and everything, but then when you actually get there, it's like, well, we're here, and then you start seeing different circumstances of why this is considered a dangerous place. And I always look at it, like, um, (laughs) at own risk, you know? Like, lots of campers and lots of camping um, places, well, you know, campsites. One of my using a camping place? What the hell's rolling me today? A lot of campsites, you know, they do have it where, like, you know, you got the RV camp, and everybody sits there with their RV, and call it camping. It's more of comfort camping. And then you got the actual roughing it camp, where you actually do take your stuff. You go out there in the wilderness somewhere, and areas where they upkeep a little bit, but not a lot, and you're at your own risk, because, you know... You got the wildlife out there. And then, hey, if there happened to be like a, an escape asylum or like the cities nearby or any of these man hunts taking place, I mean, that's just the risk you're willing to take. And, you know, they, you ever do see the strangler nearby, there's ways to defend yourself. Use your flares. Be smart about how you do things. And just remember this. This was at your own risk. You know? But like I said, it's not going to happen to you, I don't think. just had to say that to you alright you guys ready for this one this one's called Knock Knock Jimmy and Lisa were brother and sister one night their parents were out for dinner they told them not to answer the door if they heard anyone knocking Jimmy and Lisa said they wouldn't they watched TV for a few hours and then there was a knock at the door they did as their parents told them and ignored it but the knocking didn't stop Lisa finally went to see who it was And then a few minutes passed, and she didn't come back. Jimmy called out to her, but she did not respond. He searched around the house in the yard, and she was nowhere to be found. Jimmy got scared. He ran to a neighbor's house and asked them for help. The neighbor came with Jimmy back to his house. They looked around and still couldn't find Lisa. Then the neighbor checked the basement, and when she got down there, she screamed. Lisa was dead on the floor. She had been strangled to death. Well, you know, at least Jimmy gets extra presents during Christmas time, right? So, that's no great (laughs) law. I gotta stop, that's morbid. That is really creepy right there. You know, like the fact that, but, but I always tell you guys, check your basements, check your crawl spaces, check your attics if you have them, because you never know, somebody might be living there. Especially if you're in a city. Oh my god, what a way to go. What a way to go. And, you know, I'm not completely without character about this, so, you know, R.I.P. Lisa, but (laughs) damn, man. Damn. Uh, This one's called The Attic, and, yeah, I can kind of feel where this one might go. But let's go ahead and ride this one out. Molly was finally old enough to stay home alone without a babysitter. Her parents were going away for a trip. They wanted someone to stay with Molly while they were away, but she, she convinced them not to. She said she would be fine on her own. The first night her parents were away, she decided to watch some TV down in the basement. It was a little scary being in the house by herself. She needed something to distract her. Suddenly, the outside porch light turned on. Molly saw it through the small basement window. It was only supposed to do that when someone was nearby. Then she heard footsteps upstairs, called 911, and told them someone broke in the house. Police came by and searched it, but they couldn't find anyone. The next night, the same thing happened. And Molly called the police again, and again they didn't find anything. You know, you could get in big trouble for lying to the police, they told her. Molly said she didn't mean to lie, she really thought somebody was in the house. On the third night, Molly was up in the basement when she started hearing footsteps coming from upstairs again. She called the police, but they told her they weren't going to come over this time. Molly didn't know what to do, she stayed in the basement for a while before she heard someone knock on the door. Molly was scared, but she went to answer it. Two police officers were there. I thought you said you weren't coming, Molly said. We weren't going to, said one of the police officers, but when you hung up, we heard another click. Like someone hung up on the other line. They told Molly to wait outside while they searched the house. This time, they went over every inch of the place. They found a man hiding in the attic, and he had some food up there along with two other things. A rope and a knife. Wow, that (laughs) does... (laughs) oh that came out of nowhere guys i I did not expect any of that you know what i mean like i just gave you the warning and then all of a sudden this story came along so like i say you might want to check because there might be somebody already there whoo um at that point that's where like using firearms and everything is very important you know it's just like oh man because people have a way of getting in your house I, i i'll tell you that right now You know, like how sometimes it's like, you see, like, J-Man don't trust people, but the thing is, with good reason, with the way things go on in this society and stuff, people are so brazen to do anything these days. I mean, how are you going to defend yourself and all that jazz? But the first line of defense is usually the locks on your doors, but there are people that will go in there, they will unlock your door, go in your house, lock your door like you locked it, climb right up to where you are probably most vulnerable And then, you know, hey, let nature take its course. Choose life all the time, though, okay? You know? and In terms of fight or flight, fight! Especially when it comes to that. You have no other place to go to. That's your home. Man, could you imagine now? Molly was lucky. Very lucky. Alright, let's see what this is. Oh, okay, here you go. This one's called In the Snow. A young couple and their infant daughter moved to a new home near the woods, and soon their daughter started talking about a man who visited her at night. The couple assumed their daughter was just making up stories. However, that all changed. One morning it had snowed overnight. The man went into the backyard to get a shovel from the shed. Then he noticed something strange. There was a set of footprints in the snow. They were big, like a man's. And the footprint came from the woods and led right up to his daughter's bedroom window. (laughs) <laughs> ain't no way bro ain't no way oh my god that's the moment where you load your shotgun you take one good look at where those foot where those footprints go make sure that it's not your footprint you're following and go and see what the hell is going on you know that's just as bad as like the one with the baby monitor right Where like the parents felt all safe and sound with the baby monitor and all. Like it was the baby sounds and everything. And then some of them had like videos and stuff where they saw the baby just resting. But literally they realized it was archival footage because the criminal was right in there with the baby the whole time. The baby's fine, but he's sitting right in there just waiting to go get a couple of 40 whacks at mom. And not in a good way. Oh my god. Strange as hell, man. Strange as hell. (laughs) <laughs> I can feel the shudder from these. But, you know, it's just interesting like how we the people have gotten to this point. But, you know, I think one of the craziest stories I've ever seen and actually looking for stories for you guys was um, Cowhead. Now, I'm not reading Cowhead. Not not this year. But, allegedly, that's supposed to be like the scariest story in the world. And it, and it kind of varies from whoever tells it. But at the same time, it's like you make the variation and then all of a sudden you go into a trance and everybody else goes into a trance and allegedly there's a big mess afterwards. But, you know, I don't know anybody who heard about that that hasn't been on death row or anything. You understand what I'm saying? So it's it's one of those kind of things. Hmm. Woof. Shudder on that one. But I think the scariest story I've ever read in Monster Fest, though, had to have been that one with the, uh, with the teacher and then all of a sudden you come to find out it's not a teacher Mm -hmm. like like think of the craziest psycho you can ever think of and the thing is this one thinks it's a teacher and tries to have control over anybody because if not it was going to be boom boom you're dead you know what i mean and he would capture and kidnap these people, and then there was one that managed to outsmart him in the end, kill him. But the thing about it is, the emotional scarring and all the dead bodies that were there made it creepier. Like, sometimes I feel for the main characters in these stories because how are you going to recover from any of these? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's wild. But anyway, let's go ahead and dive into this one. This one is called A Ship in the Ice. The Octavius was one of the grandest ships in the fleet. It was so grand, in fact, that even the captain's young wife and boy would come with him on some of his voyage. When they were going to be away for very long. This was the case on the ship's last known voyage. It was 1761, and the Octavius has sell- sailed from London to transport a shipment of cargo to China. At first, the trip went as planned. The Octavius made it to China safely, and the crew unloaded the cargo, and then the ship began the journey back to London. And Something must have happened on the return voyage, though, because the Octavius never made it home. For months, captains of other ships were told to keep an eye out for it, but no one could find any sign of the missing ship. And that changed in 1775. It had nearly been 15 years since the Octavius had sailed from London to start its final journey. The whaling ship, the Herald, was sailing in the Greenland area, where both the water and air were almost as cold as death. One day, the captain of the Herald spotted another ship not too far away. He ordered his men to sail towards it. The closer they got, the eerier the scene looked. The sails were tattered, and there wasn't a scythe of life to be seen. The crew had tried hailing the ship, but they got no response. The herald's captain decided they needed to go aboard the mystery ship to see if anyone was alive. He and a few of his members of his crew... The guy who wrote this really needs to work on, you know, editing. He and a few members of his crew walked a boarding plank to the deck of the ship, but they still found no one, and then they broke open the hatch to head below the deck. What they found there chilled them to their bones. It was the body of 28 crew members. Each and every single one of them were frozen stiff. Ooh, man. Well, at least you know where the Octavius is. You know, honestly, looking back at those times, even though, like, you know, there were a few evil things in history that happened in this time period. There's something very romantic about, like, being on a boat in there, you know what I mean? Like, having a crew of people with you, and then just sailing the seven seas and all that jazz. There's really something adventurous about it. But, mm, there's a cost to every damn thing, and to be in the frozen galley like that, oh, that sucks. I wonder what caused him to do that, though. I really do. Hmm. Something to think about at some point, eh? But yeah, 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 wild. I don't know, that's kind of half off, isn't it? Isn't that kind of half off? Let me let me see if there's more to this story, though, because there, there's got to be a reason why they're frozen. Ah, there is a reason why they're frozen. Hold on tight, y'all. As frightened as the Herald captain and crew were, they continued on, making their way to the captain's quarters, and they found him there, frozen like all the others, but he had a pen in his hand, as if he had died writing an entry into a journal or a logbook. On the other side of the room, they found the frozen bodies of a woman and a small boy. The herald's crew had seen enough, they grabbed the logbook from the captain's desk, and they ran back to their ship. And when they had calmed down, they began reading from the logbook. Oh, this ought to be good. Although some of the pages had fallen out when they were running away. It was enough for them to learn about what happened to the mysterious ship they had been on board. For reasons that weren't entirely clear, the captain of the ship had tried to take a different route home than he normally would have. Maybe there had been bad weather, or maybe he thought this route would get them home faster, but none of that mattered anyway. The ship ended up caught in the ice of the northern waters because it somehow found its way to the waters off the coast of Greenland. That would do it. It must have broken through the ice at one point, but sadly before that happened, each and every single soul on the ship had been frozen to death. That was the last time anyone had saw the Octavius, and the crew of the Herald sailed back home and told the other sailors where they could find the ship that had gone missing long ago. But it seemed that the Octavius sank or kept drifting away because no one was able to find it, and no one has ever seen it ever again. At least that's what some say. There are others that claim that the Octavius became one of the ocean's famous ghost ships. Some say if you're in the right spot, you can't even catch a glimpse of the Octavius as the souls of its lost crew and captain spend the rest of their time trying to find their way home. God. Well, it's a good thing that part two came in there like that, huh? Because for a while there it was leaving us hanging a bit, but it's like, what a terrible story. Well, yeah, there is something very romantic about being on the high seas like that. But you know what, though? There's a variation of this story, too. Like, the Flying Dutchman, for instance. Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Like, the guy who sold his soul to the devil so that he could go ahead and get him and his crew back home. But the thing about it is, they would never, ever touch port again. You see? So, yeah, that would suck. You sell your soul to the devil, and now you have to keep sailing for ends on ends. Oh, that sucks. Ooh, man. But you know, like, uh, woof shuddered the hell out of me. But I think we got a room for another one here. I think we do. If we can go ahead and end this just right. This one's called A Cold Feeling. Alright? I think everything's getting cold around here. Where's Mr. Freeze at? Jones was a student at the college a few hours from where he grew up. That weekend he drove home to visit his grandmother. She raised him when he was a child, and she was feeling very sick, so he wanted to check in on her. When Jones reached his grandmother's house, he saw that she was much sicker than she had told him. I have to get you to a hospital, Jones said. You need to see a doctor. I don't need to go to no hospital. I'll be fine, his grandmother said. She was an old-fashioned woman who thought she could take care of herself. Most of the time, Jones would let her make these type of choices on her own, but this time it was different. He knew she'd get much worse if he didn't get her some help from a doctor. And finally, Jones convinced his grandmother to let him drive her to the nearby hospital. He stayed with her for a few days, but he had a big test coming up, so by Wednesday he had to drive back to the college. His grandmother had been pretty calm during her time at the hospital, but when Jones said he had to drive back to the college, that changed. She was very upset and asked him not to leave. I I have to go back to school for this test, Jones said. I'll be back here very soon. The night Jones drove back to the college was already a little cold, but as he drove back, he noticed his car kept getting colder and colder, and much colder than he thought it should have been. He turned up the heat, but it didn't do any good. And then he saw something in the rearview mirror. When the car was at its coldest, he swore he saw his grandmother wrapped up in a blanket in the back seat. He parked the car and turned around to check, but there was nobody there. It must have been my imagination, Jones thought. He started the car again and began driving back to college. His friends were waiting for him in the parking lot as soon as he got there. There was a phone call for you, one of his friends said. I, I think you should go and find out what it was about. We'll unpack your car. Jones did as he was told, and in the meantime, his friends took his bags up to his room, and he noticed the inside of the car was very, very cold, too cold for even this night. When Jones got back to the room, he told his friends what the phone call had been about, turning his grandmother had died in the hospital while he was driving to college. The doctor said that she died about 7 o'clock that night, and that was the same time he'd seen her in the rearview mirror. Damn. Wow. No words. I I, I got nothing. (laughs) Oh, my God. That be the one, y'all. That be the one. All right. Now, let me go ahead and let you guys know a few things, all right, since we don't have a... We had a power play, but not a power play that was ready for a few things because I'm busy reconstructing things here at j360 productions but um yes j360 jams 80 is next week so if you want to submit music or anything to it you know now would be a good time to get your packages together and send me something by at least like next thursday you know which is um let's see what is the oh yeah yeah next thursday which is um 11 16 which is j360 day in case you didn't know that would be the perfect time for you to submit your um submissions for j360 jams 80 and we are going to be celebrating we're going to have a great time on it and then like um also the power play is back in style we're going to go ahead and we're going to run with an episode for you guys tonight at 11 o'clock via twitch.tv slash j360 tv and indeed i have plenty of goals for that twitch so we're, we're going to be doing it up all right <laughs> but yeah like um monster fest is ending in a pretty good way because that was creepy And I want to thank you all for um, being a part of this. You know, once again, like, I appreciate every single one of you. Like, you have no idea. This is a fantastic journey, and it's getting better all the time. But I got to get on out of here now, though. So you guys take care of yourselves, and, um, well, yeah, just do that, will you? (laughs) I'm just kidding. You guys go on ahead and take care of yourselves. I got to go for now. So this is J-Man signing off. Peace.